We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Mizzou. That's who here on the Kansas City Sports Network. I am Tucker Franklin, joined with Gabe Diarmer and Maggie Johnson, as I always am. We're here to talk about a Missouri 34-17 win over Abilene Christian. Gabe, how are you feeling after that Mizzou game? We're here on a Sunday morning. This is not our usual recording time. Kind of throwing us off. How are you doing? I, I was so excited to talk about this game more that we did it 24 hours early. That's true. That's true. Maggie, how are you feeling? I'm good. Um, I feel like we need to explain to uh, the group that uh, Gabe's not wearing a Kansas Jayhawk shirt. I feel like he needs oh, to yeah. like... <laughs> it is true. a Monarch shirt, just so everybody knows. But no, I mean, I'm glad we got the win. It didn't really show anything great, anything horrible besides that we didn't know already, so... We'll talk about that a little bit more but uh, here later. But thanks to our, our proud partners of Charlie Hustle outfitting us with uh, with great stuff. I'm wearing a Joe's Kansas City barbecue shirt for those not watching on YouTube. Maggie's got a Mizzou, Mizzou shirt on and Gabe's rocking the Kansas City Monarchs old school. I like the, all the Monarch stuff that they've got. Um, they've got some good stuff there. Also, if you are uh, wanting some more Mizzou stuff, their campus ca- capsule, I believe, is the 23rd, which mm-hmm. is that this Saturday? Um, I, I haven't looked at a calendar in like an, an hour or so. I can't remember if it's the 23rd of September or October, but I did get a box in the mail that has a sample of some of those uh, things, and we'll be giving those out to some of our subscribers or Twitter followers or whatever. Um, when I am allowed to do so, it is uh, currently embargoed, but uh, they got the stamp of approval from my wife. She thought they were cool shirts, which is a far better bar than whether I thought they were cool shirts or not. Perfect. Love to hear it. I'm excited to see what they've got all cooking up there. Another thing that they've we, that we've got cooking up, our friends at DraftKings. As you know, if you're living in Kansas, the way it's over, I get it. Reading a Kansas ad on a Missouri podcast is weird, but I know there's plenty of of folks who are Missouri fans that live in Kansas, and you can get DraftKings uh, Sportsbook, which is America's top rated sportsbook app, because it's officially live in Kansas, and you've been gambling already. I've been gambling already in time for football season. That means betting legally on same game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. 
To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. And I want to start off by the line for this DraftKings game did not come out until Saturday morning. Um, cause I was kind of watching it and it was like, I think 34 or something in favor of the Tigers. Tigers only scored 34 points. They didn't win 34 to nothing either. Um, so if you pick the Tigers to cover rough day for you, um, so let's start off with your initial thoughts from this game. I think first for me, it's gotta be the Luther burden punt return touchdown. I think that that's the, anything that the, the big thing that you take away is just like, okay, that guy probably should have been returning your punts all year long, um, anything you can do to get the ball into that guy's hands is going to be a good thing for this program moving forward. I don't know what you guys' thoughts on that were. Yeah, um, I think last week we said, Gabe asked the question of how many touches he should get, and I think I maybe said 15 to 20, which is a lot. He did 13. That's about right, I would say, in terms of rushing, um, passing, and punt returns. So I think that has to be a continued trend. And I loved seeing him back there for putt returns. And I think everybody else uh, did as well, especially it was all over Twitter. So, so sometimes the losers are right. Um, and this is one of those cases, right? Um, I mean, I, look, I've seen Luther play uh, on his first punt return of his senior year in high school and his first punt return as a college freshman. And both of them were touchdowns. Uh, one was 78, one was 82. Um, and I, I think a little of what went on here, I brought this up on our post game show yesterday. It's a little bit of Jordan rules where I think coaches go into it, especially young coaches think, Hey, all I, I got to kind of treat all guys the same and he's a freshman and we don't want to put too much on him and blah, blah, blah. But you got to figure out, like, some guys are different, man. And, and Luther's different, especially at a place like Missouri. You don't get guys like that here very often. And the idea that we have to ease him in and we have to manage the expectations and all that might not apply to him the same way they applied to even a kid like Dominic Lovett or somebody like that. It's just throw him out there and, hey, see what he can do. I mean, he, he was – three inches away from having two punt returns for a touchdown yesterday. Mm -hmm. He was very, very close to breaking that third one as well. And the only criticism I've seen and Drinkwitz kind of brought it up too. He said, we didn't field the punts. He picked them up, but what's he supposed to do? Make the guy kick it 10 yards farther. It's, it's not his fault. Those punts bounced, you know, he could have let him go. Um, And he caught a couple in the air. So it's not like he can't do it. Well, and last year, I feel like, or I'm sorry, not last year, last week, I feel like, we didn't field punts very well (laughs) and we were within the five yard line like three times. So, I mean, I would rather do trust Luther with what, like you said, Gabe, you've been watching him for a long time as have I, I'd rather let him do what he does. And the good news is, Hey, it took two weeks longer than it should have, but I promise he's the punt returner as long as he's on this campus. Like that's not go. You take your first one back. You're not losing that job. 
Yeah, I, I can't even I can't even remember a uh, Chris Abram strain punt return that was even memorable. Um, I, I think he just fielded the punts. I don't know if he really even had he, one that he taken back decently far. He did have a kickoff return for a touchdown last year, but as far as punt returns, I mean, I I don't know if this is true because I didn't spend the time to look it up. But somebody posted on our board that the Mizzou radio broadcast yesterday said Luther had more punt return yards on that one return than Missouri had all year last year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I will say though, I did get wow. a little bit nervous because he did he did go into the tent and I, then into the locker room, and I, then for a bit I was like, oh no, we we made I was a bad waiting. Choice. I, I we Dave Matter and I were in the press box just waiting for all the people who had been tweeting why isn't Luther returning punts to then start tweeting why does Drink have him returning punts? He's getting and put him at risk <laughs> of getting hurt. Did, did we get an update of what that injury was? It was an awkward tackle. So it was just like, it just looked like it was just weird all around. Yeah. Drinkwood said after the game, something about an ankle, um, hmm. but obviously he was fine. He came back, he played. So we just, we didn't really get into it too much. It was weird because it looked like it, when he was on the sidelines, he was just like moving around and just like looked like he was in pain, but you couldn't tell what was hurting uh, when they were showing it on the broadcast because he just looked like he was hurting, but it, you, but you couldn't tell uh, what it was. Glad to see that he got got out there. Um, I, I want to talk about kind of Dominic Lovett's day. You know, seven catches, 132 yards. Big day for, for Dom. Love to see that for him. Um, and you can't gloss over, you know, the guy giving him the ball either, Brady Cook. Uh, being able to get him those 132 yards. So uh, big day for Dom and Luther, six catches, 58 yards. Those are the two guys that you really need to get going if this offense is going to do anything, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, Lovett almost – Lovett beat triple coverage on another deep route. And Cook, I think uh, it would have been a – he wasn't, like, wide open. Um, it could have been completed. I think Brady overthrew him by, like, a yard. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people – this year saying that that Brady just doesn't have the arm strength. I mean, he's overthrown more deep balls than he's underthrown. Right. You know, he can get the ball there. Um, consistency is, is obviously the question. Um, but I don't know overall guys. I, I, if you went into this game saying, okay, we understand we're not going to learn much. Right. But I, I don't know about you guys. I came out of that game feeling worse about Missouri than I did going in. Um, I, I mean, they got, the defensive line didn't really make like the defense was solid, but they there were not like I think they had one or two tackles for loss. The quarterback like wasn't under much pressure. I didn't hear Isaiah McGuire's name, I don't think, all day. Uh and that offensive line, look, it's a problem. I, I mean, I there's no other way to put it. And when the offensive line is a problem, everything on offense is a problem. I don't even know how to properly evaluate anything else because they just they've played two of the three worst teams on their schedule and they're getting pushed around up front. Yeah. Well, I even when going back to cook a little bit, you can just tell how much com more comfortable he is throwing the ball when he has the time to throw the ball. I Absolutely. mean, that's when he's making those completions and I'm not, I don't want to say that that's because the offensive line was playing great. We all know that <laughs> that's not, that's not true, but when he gets comfortable in the pocket, I mean, he just makes, way better decisions and they the receivers made catches yesterday that they did not make last week mm -hmm. that they yeah. possibly could have and so they did him some favors as well i mean against that competition your quarterback should your starting quarterback should be on the bench in the middle of the third quarter and they shouldn't have to wash his jersey that that's the standard if you're a good team i mean 
Oklahoma State beat some FCS team 63-7 to yesterday. Well, Oklahoma State's a legit top-10 team. That's what good teams do to those teams. I, Missouri Abilene Christian was still theoretically in doubt late in the third quarter. That's a yeah, problem. It is. Um, and looking at this here, the, just looking at the box score, average yards per rush for Abilene Christian, four yards. Um, that's not okay. Like, if you're, if you're an SEC school – uh, to allow an FCS team to come in there and get four yards of carry on you, you, you can't hang hang your hat on that, which the, the trenches were an issue on both sides of the ball, Gabe, as you mentioned. I felt like Brady, especially early in that game, was kind of playing rushed. I mean, he did have that big deep ball. Uh, but a couple of times there, and I think rightfully so, he had pressure on him, so it felt like some of his decision-making wasn't uh, so he, he was playing rush, but his decision making was late, if that makes sense. Um, so a lot of the guys that we've we've run into this a lot of times this year with with Brady Cook is that like, oh, he should have thrown that ball sooner. I felt like I saw that a lot this year. Maybe I'm nitpicking Brady Cook so much just because of, of you know, kind of know the scrutiny that he's under. But I just felt like he his play was rushing. The offensive line obviously doesn't help that. Um, but yeah, to your point, uh, too, Gabe, about about his arm strength. His ball isn't the prettiest ball coming out, right? So I think that sometimes is like, well, so he's going to underthrow him. He can get it there. His ball might not look the best, but it'll get there. Um, I think that that's kind of – I know I talked about last week kind of the one thing I don't really like particularly enjoy about Brady Cook balls, I think, is how his balls look coming out. How his balls look coming out are is not my favorite thing about Brady Cook's quarterback. Some it, 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 somebody's gonna clip that off, and just that's just I hope promo I honestly show, by the way. But, um, but I mean, I guess you're in charge of it, so you would yeah. be doing it. But you no, know, what you're talking about and what Maggie's talking about are really the exact same thing. And look, we see this. I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best person I've ever seen to play quarterback, and we've seen times the last two years where you go, he's worried about getting hit even when nobody's there to hit him because mm -hmm. he's so used to getting hit. And that's what you'll—that's what you'll see out of Brady Cook as we go forward against these SEC defensive lines. If they don't figure it out, is a lot of times there's pressure, but then even when there's not pressure, he's just going to expect that there's pressure, you know. And, and it's—you it, it, can call it happy feet, po pocket presence, whatever you want to call it. But I don't think you can blame the quarterback for that. I mean, when when you just have somebody in your face all the time, and I've seen a lot of Missouri fans say, well, the pass protection was fine. It wasn't really the pass protection. It's more the run game. And maybe that's true. Look, I haven't gone down and broken down Missouri. But my problem is Missouri really can't run the ball. They average less than four yards a carry when you take away Brady's rushing yards yesterday against Abilene Christian again. And so it's you're putting so much pressure on a quarterback who's in his four start and who's a guy that we've said all year, you don't go ask him to win games by himself. Well, when you have no running game, you're basically asking him to win games by himself. And I, I, I think Brady Cook is a quarterback that with the right pieces around him can have the season Missouri fans want him to have. There's just no indication at this point that Missouri has the right pieces around him. Yeah. And not having a run game is just, uh, it's so foreign to Missouri yeah. fans. So we're every time we see it, we're like, well, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Why can't they get yards? Because we're not used to not having a great running back. And, and the running game looks, I think the numbers look better than they actually are. I mean, at 320 against Louisiana Tech, we, we talked about that, but they had 195 yesterday, which you think is, hey, that's not bad, but Brady Cook had 42 on six carries. Also, like Cody Schrader had 120 yarder. Nate Pete had a 28 yarder. 
So you take away that, and Missouri basically ran for like 100 yards on 35 carries. I, I mean, that's against the worst team they're going to play all year. Yeah, well, Mexico State's pretty bad, but yeah, no, uh, they're they're, <laughs> they're they are they are worse than that, or they are not worse than Abilene Christian. Um, anything else on this game before we move to Auburn? I I we we talked about before the podcast. I really think this is a bury the tape game uh, where you're just like, all right, you get the victory, you get the win, um, got to move on, and this is really where the season starts right here. The only other thing I think that needs to be talked about a little bit is the lack of discipline on the offensive line. There's absolutely zero reasons that you should have five holding calls. I mean, zero. I mean, one of our touchdowns was negated, obviously, by a holding on a wide receiver, but you can't. Which was then, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Elijah call. Young was past Bannister when Bannister held. Right. Yeah, it didn't make sense. There's just discipline's an issue. And I, I think it goes back to talent. Like, you know, when offensive linemen hold, when they're getting beat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think you don't hold until the guy's like starting to get past you. And so the, the biggest problem for me is they had four holds on three different guys. Like it was everybody. I, I don't know where you look on that line and say, eh, we're good there. Maybe Javon Foster, but yeah. it, you know, drink what said after the game. I mean, I just asked him flat out. I said, how big a problem is the offensive line? Cause asking if it's a problem is just, of course it's a problem. If you understand football, you know, it's a problem. So it's really how big it. Uh, and he said, we got to go back and find our five best guys. Well, so there's only two solutions here. Either they haven't been playing their five best guys, and there are these magic guys on the bench that should be in, which I don't believe because I think they're probably better than that, or they just don't have enough guys. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't know where the solutions are before next September is my point. Yeah, I- it's hard to see any solutions. They are recruiting on the uh, the the offensive line front. Is Gabe you were out there at the commitment of um, I forget his name, the right tackle. Logan Logan record. Yeah, his highlight but, film of him just absolutely ragdolling kids is a fun one to watch. Um, but here's the danger on the offensive line: like, is he going to come in and be a left tackle in the SEC as a true freshman? I mean, look, we're seeing Connor Tolleson. He's a redshirt freshman. Pretty highly ranked kid, a lot of physical tools. He has not been good this year. Like it takes two, three years in the SEC in this league, unless you are Orlando Pace. You know, okay, those guys step in and play as true freshmen. I think AM's playing two true freshman offensive tackles. By the way, AM's offense sucks. So, you know, I mean, the point is, like, I guess you got to go do this through the transfer portal, but like, I mean, you know, Connor Wood was a, he was like an FCS transfer. And he's going to, speaking of burning the last couple of highlight or a couple of game films. Yeah. I think I talked to someone yesterday and I said, Connor Wood is so bad. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> I, and I was just like, I hate having to do that. I mean, I'm not going to post on Twitter or anything, but <laughs> you, you just know, said it on a podcast. So you're good. I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, but come on, man. You're a Division One athlete that you have to be better. Against an FCS team, none, no less. Like, you have to be better. Yeah, I think that's a general sentiment just of this team, right? As an FCS team, you have to be better. Yeah. And right. the problem is, yesterday should have been the day we got to see some of these guys. We got to yep. see Armand Mimbo play. We got to see, God forbid, Tyler Macon or Sam Horn play. We got to see Tavoris Jones maybe with more than three snaps or BJ Harris with more than five. But we didn't get to see any of that because it was a two possession game in the fourth quarter. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Disappointing. Uh, disappointing that you didn't get to see those guys um, play, and I really, I really want to see Sam Horn play. Uh, I don't know why. Like, I just want to, I just want to see what what they got. I, that's that's really what the big thing is. I just want to see. I want to see the starting point. I want to see the floor um, of where Sam Horn is because he's a relative unknown right now. It's going to be at least a month now. Yeah, it, like yeah, he's, he's not playing at Auburn. He's not playing against Georgia, and he's not playing at Florida. Right. Yeah. Too bad. Unless the Georgia game is way out of hand. <laughs> unless, yeah. right, unless guys yeah. are hurt. And yeah. look, if you're playing your third string quarterback in, or maybe fourth string, I don't know. But if you're playing one of those guys in the next three weeks, like, you're kind of done anyway. It's not, not going to be in your favor. Uh, the game's right. not going to fall in your favor. Not a, not a positive. <laughs> Macon and, and Cook did get into the Georgia game last year, if I'm correct. I know Macon did for sure. Due to injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Macon started it because that was the that was the week Connor didn't play, which was kind of like, right. hey, right. Connor's fine to play this one game. Oh, but he's not <laughs> fine to play this game, but he's fine to play the next game. It's kind of like, <laughs> hey, maybe let's just not get our starter murdered in Athens, you know? <laughs> yeah. Man, and let's not, I don't, we don't even want to talk about the Indiana comeback that uh, I think he threw for over 300 yards and it yeah. was <laughs> 16th in the country. Good, good, for, good for Bays, but. Where the hell was that, by the way? Where the hell was that, Mizzou? Um, <laughs> he was hurt. He, he was hurt all I year know. last year, and his head coach would never tell anybody he was hurt, and he kept trotting him out there, and it led to him transferring. I keep betting against him with my DraftKings account, and it's ruining me. I'm, I'm, I'm 0 for 2 when I bet against Indiana. I 
took the Hilltoppers money line yesterday. Almost had it, except for a college kicker. Um, speak, speaking of uh, some lines here, Auburn opens up a six and a half point favorites at home against Missouri. Um, very generous from the Vegas odds makers, in my opinion. I don't think this game will necessarily uh, be that close. So six and a half on the road. Uh, what do you, what do you think about this uh, game? Just first impressions, game. Well, Auburn's not great. <laughs> um, no. You know they were uh, they got some. I, I mean, not only are they not great on the field, they're just a circus off the field, right? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know any nicer way to put it. Like I texted uh, one of my good friends covered Auburn, and uh, this offseason, I just said I thought I covered the craziest beat in the country, but like it's not even close, man. Like all the all the crazy stuff that happens in Missouri can't even compete. Um, but I, here's the here's what we do with college football that we just we can't stop doing every week we decide what's going to happen the rest of the year, right? Yep. I mean, last week, K-State was a threat to win the Big 12, and Texas was back, and it, everything was great. And then K-State gets beat at home, and, and that doesn't mean that Tulane would beat Missouri 100 times out of 100. Uh, and they'd beat them some, probably, but these are 19, 20-year-old kids who, if they have matching shoes and socks on and get to all their classes, it's probably a good day for them. Right. So how do we know? And I don't say that as an insult. Like I was not the most put together person at 20 years old either, but I also wasn't out there playing this sport that millions of people watch every Saturday. Um, the point is they can be awful one week and they can be great the next. I mean, I understand Missouri fans right now who look and say, well, I've seen these three games and like, we're going to be four and eight. And, and that's possible, but it's also possible that, they just play well next week or Auburn doesn't play well. I mean, you know, the way I put it in my column, I said, you can't pass judgment before the closing arguments, right? Like you don't write anybody's eulogy a quarter of the way through their season. That That's dumb. You, we have to let them go play some of these games and maybe it will turn out as badly as everybody thinks. But if Missouri goes down and play, you're not going to show up with yesterday's effort and beat Auburn. But if you play a good game, Auburn is not some unbeatable team. I mean, you know, this is this is one of those games that Missouri can win. And now I, I don't want to say they have to win because, like, what's the alternative? I'm, I'm, is there a big difference between five and seven and four and eight or whatever? Not really. I, I don't think either one's going to probably get Eli fired. So must win is dumb. But if you want to get to a bowl game, yeah, I, I think you better go win this one. Yeah. We talked about a lot too, especially early on in the season. Our season previews of you got to win one of Kansas State and one of one of Auburn to feel confident, really, on this season going forward. I said in the first six games they need to be three and three. This is probably the only. This is probably the last one that is a, probably a winnable game for them to go three and three in the first six. Is Florida impossible though? Like Florida's a weird team. Stop man. Anthony so Richardson weird. from running, and I, I don't know. You got to. Sh- I'm just saying. It wouldn't be the biggest upset in the SEC this year for Missouri to beat Florida. Probably I don't not. think so. in the swamp is another thing. I know. But I mean, I get US, it, but... USF just went in there and almost beat them. So, I mean, there's Utah almost beat them at home, too. So, I mean, a um, lot of weird stuff going on. Maggie, what are your thoughts on, on, on this Auburn team? So, I know we talked about this a little bit before. Um, they're very similar to Mizzou. Very similar. Have a decent defense. Pretty bad offense. Um, 
Tank Bigsby's pretty good. Like he's a pretty good running back, but I mean, he had nine carries for 39 yards. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not unbeatable. He's not the best running back we're going to see all season for sure. I'm not even entirely sure what quarterback's going to start at this point. They both played yesterday and both played a decent amount yesterday. So it's kind of up in the air for me in terms of that too. Both quarterbacks are decent rushers, I would say. I honestly don't even know. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I I don't think either of us will be able to score a lot of points. 100%. I'll take the under in this one. And you look... Both of these defenses are their uh, quote-unquote strong suit uh, for these teams. Uh, you look at some of the guys that that Auburn has, their defensive like front seven is is pretty good. They've got some dudes up there that will go in the draft. We can talk about Colby Woolen, Jason Jones, Owen Popo, and Derek Hall. Those guys right there, I think they'll, they'll go decently. Um, I won't say high, but they'll go in the NFL draft. They'll be NFL players. Um, and I don't know if you can say the same for Mizzou's defense if they've got uh, NFL players like that. Uh, Tyron Hopper, if he puts together a good second half of the year, could be one of those guys is it's buying for a late-round pick. But um, they've got some dudes up here, and that worries me when you talk about Missouri's offensive line and their offensive line struggles. Are they just going to out-athlete Missouri's offensive line? And are, what, are, what are they going to do to combat that? I would assume a lot of quick screens, get the ball out in Luther Burden's hands. Uh, I, I don't really love the secondary of, of uh, Auburn. I don't think their secondary is all that good. So if you can get the ball in the hands of Dom Lovett, of Luther Burden, get him out in space, I think that'll be the best case scenario is so you don't let the front seven guys of Auburn's defense beat you. You've got to get it out. You've got to get it out quick. And you can't let you, – you, you got to basically – I don't, I don't know how to say it. You got to make the decisions for Brady Cook already, right? So if you say, hey, this is your screen right here, just go turn and throw it, I think that that will help this Missouri offense a whole lot better. You know, we talk, we've kind of talked about this a lot, about getting the ball in space. That's really all Brady Cook has to do is get the ball to Dom Lovett and, and uh, Luther Burden in space and let them do their thing. Yeah, but uh, also when you're facing – a team like, and look, I think Auburn's defense is better than Missouri's. Um, yeah. I, I think it's the strength of both teams, but I think Auburn's is better. And one of the traps you can fall into with these early season games is like the play yesterday where Lovett catches a pass on one side of the field, goes across the other entire side of the field, weaves, you know, does the the family circus cartoon or whatever it was with the, the tracks all over the place, ended up picking up 20 yards. That's like a four-yard loss against an SEC defense. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you just aren't going to do that against an SEC defense. So, yes, Missouri has some plus athletes, but so does Auburn. I, I decided, I think, well, I was listening to uh, to you talk, Tucker. I'm going to call this the Christian Moody game this week. And uh, the reason, like I said, going into K-State, I said, it's like you've got K-State and Auburn. It's like you're going to the line. You got to get one, right? No time on the clock. You got to make one. And if you make the first one, in other words, if you win at K-State, the second one becomes a whole lot easier because, like, it's yeah. not that important, right? It's okay if you airball it. Um, but when you miss the first one, then all of a sudden you got those idiots waving their arms, and, and the second one probably a lot tougher. So Missouri made this one a lot tougher by what happened to <laughs> Kansas State. and because, because I think the thing is now there's a lot of Missouri fans saying, well, I just want to see compete. You know, I just want to see a good game. And – I, I get that. I mean, if you go down to Auburn and you lose 40 to 12, like we're going to open up a whole nother can of worms about where this program is headed. Yeah. But you're also kind of in a position where if you go down and lose 27, 24, I mean, I guess you feel better, but 
you're still probably going into like mid-October. And the best thing you can say about this season is, hey, we beat Louisiana Tech, you know, and, and that's not it, man. That's that's just not generating the momentum that that you'd like to see in year three. And barely losing to Auburn, who's not good this year, to me is not a win. Like, I'm not going to be like, well, we barely lost to Auburn. I mean, (laughs) if if Auburn just lost to Penn State by 30. So it's not, to me, that's not a win at all. I I think the biggest lock of the century, I told you guys before the podcast, I took uh, uh, Penn State minus two and a half. That was just the biggest lock of the century. Auburn, listen, they're not good. Um, and that's that's the thing. And if we haven't conveyed that in this podcast already, um, you should know that Auburn is not the Auburn that they used to be. This is no Cam Newton Auburn. Um, this is this is a team that Missouri has full capabilities to beat. If Missouri plays their best football that we expect for them to play, they should come out of Auburn with a win. And it doesn't look like they're going to have a weather excuse either, because on Saturday it's going to be 88 and sunny with a two percent chance of precipitation. Um, so that I was looking that up as well. <laughs> here's, here's the interesting thing to me about this, uh, this game. Um, you know, when, when Eli was hired, he said his offense was kind of a mix of what he learned from Gus Malzahn with some stuff from Brian Harson sprinkled in, right? Um, Brian Harson was the OC at Texas, then the head coach at Boise, Drinkwitz worked for him there and, uh, and is now at Auburn. And so what we're seeing is two guys that, kind of made their reputations as either power five offensive coordinators or group of five head coaches as being good offensive guys. And now neither one of them has a very good offense, right? So there's an investigation to be done by someone who (laughs) understands football way more than I do about, okay, why did this system work for these two guys at that level? And it's not working at this level. Um, And maybe it's simply that you just haven't had enough time to get the same guys, or maybe it's, Hey, once you get to the sec, those dudes across the line of scrimmage are a lot better. And like that system maybe doesn't work here. I I'm not saying that's the case, but I think it's, I think it's interesting that these two guys come from kind of the same tree and are kind of known for the same things. And right now the big argument about both of them is, yo, you got to win 10, seven because your offense can't get it done. Yeah. And you don't want to hate on teams like Appalachian state because they've, you know, they're a great program and they've been a good program for a while, but their competition besides obviously, you know, they played A&M last week or whatever, and then games like that are going to be sprinkled in. But the majority of their competition is not what drink faces in a weekly in a sure. weekly battles in the SEC. Yeah. So I think the right. competition then, thing makes sense. There are just plays that you watch, like the one I said about Love It, or there's throws that, that you go, okay, that works this week. That ain't gonna work next week. Not not with those guys on the other side of the ball. Yeah. And and that's true of every team. I'm not saying that this is a flawed system that can't work. It's just it's worth watching. It'll be interesting to see um, how this game does play out. Ten, ten, 10-7 game is kind of funny. I think that that's probably more more like 10-6, probably, is how this game is going to end up. I think yeah. uh, Missouri having the better kicker is going to be probably going to be a big juggernaut that we're, ta- that we're not talking about all that much. Having a decent college kicker, a rarity today. Uh, a rarity in today's game because there have been more missed kicks this year, I feel like, than any other year. Um, it just feels like you cannot trust a college kicker, but I feel pretty confident when Harrison Mivas trots out there for y- even a 50-plus yarder. Y- yesterday was kind of weird. 
right? Yeah. First time he's yeah. missed two in the same game ever. That's true. Um, the 51 yard or 52 yarder, no big deal. The 39 yarder was a little bit, huh? Didn't see That's that one cupcake. coming. That's a cupcake, yeah. Room, typically, yeah. I mean, it didn't see that coming. Um, I, we were talking, I don't know if people know how much research and how much goes into like our pre show meeting, but it lasted at least six minutes, I think, this morning. Yeah, at least it did. And yeah. we were talking about, uh, if if Missouri wins this game, Brian Harson might not make it to the next time we do this show. Yeah, it's interesting. It would be interesting to see. Um, uh, to to all the Missouri fans, I think Coach Drinkwitz will make it if they lose this game. Yes. Um, yes. Um, I know I've had a lot of people in the replies to my tweets telling me that they should fire Coach Drinkwitz, and I think that that is an incredibly rash decision. Um, and that, we talked about that last week, uh, obviously, with the, with the Kansas State game. That soured a lot of people. I get it. I understand. Uh, that game was built up a lot with the fan base. Who knows how much it was built up within the program? I think Kansas State built it up a whole lot more than possibly Missouri did. You can see that they took that that team and that fan base took a lot of pride in beating Missouri, um, which fair enough. They can do that. That's that's uh, that's something they can do, and it probably helped them propel to a win. Probably being home during a weather delay also helped um, have a little bit more resources at your disposal. But it's no excuse for drawing up a quarterback draw on third and long. Um, anyway, uh, um, anything. Else I, I'm glad. I'm glad to see you've gotten over it, Tucker. I really have. Really, I've tried so hard, but you know, me having to sit in on every Kansas State podcast we do and every KU podcast we do hasn't helped me uh, cope very well. Um, and just hearing them talk about how Kansas is the best uh, football team in the greater Kansas City area, which they might be. They've got the right best now. quarterback. Um, they do have the best quarterback. I'll say that. Um, and then just hearing uh, all the, the Kansas State people say college football playoff or bust. Um, well, it, it now is, I guess, bust, right? Bust. I guess that's official. That was a little dramatic. And it's not, they're not really saying <laughs> I've heard college football playoff thrown out, but uh, they're not saying college football playoff or bust. Um, okay. Anything else before we move on to uh, predictions for this game? I think nice I think the only thing is yeah the only thing is kind of like the keys to that to us maybe winning um I would say forced turnovers because Penn yeah. State forced four and I mean we're going to have to get the ball from them one way or the other and I'm not entirely confident in our defense so I I think they can force turnovers we've watched them do it but I think that forcing turnovers against Auburn is going to be huge for us. I, I would say defensively, you better tackle a whole lot better than you did in the first half. Absolutely. Um, if they tackle like that, Tank Bigs, he's going to have 150 yards at halftime. Um, offensively, I think the discouraging part from yesterday is that they had 17 points at halftime, and they really came because of two big plays. Missouri never really sustained a drive. And you should do that against those teams, right? Like you should be getting five yards of carry and easy completions and just be able to go down the field 12 plays, 70 yards. Um, so I guess as the competition ramps up, you're going to have to get big plays because I don't trust this yeah. offense to just be able to go 12 plays, 65 yards and not shoot itself in the foot with a, a missed block or a hold or, or something like that. So I think to be able to win games like this, you're going to have to have like probably a couple of 40 plus yard touchdowns uh, to score enough to do it. I think it's going to be a, a big game in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You win the, you win the battle in the trenches. I think you're going to win this game. Um, That's not great news. It's not great <laughs> news. It really isn't. 
Um, but also, Maggie, to your point, you got to force turnovers, but you can't turn over the ball. You 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 can't you can't give Auburn any opportunities. You can't put them in advantageous positions to capitalize off of your turnovers. Uh, they've got to play relatively mistake-free football, which I don't know if they have. Uh, maybe Louisiana Tech was fairly mistake-free, but again, Louisiana Tech. Um, and against an SEC team, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think special teams, too. I, that is a big, yeah. Because both offenses not being great, assuming we'll see a lot of punts. Punting has to be better than it was yesterday. Um, I think uh, what Stonehouse came in and he did – a lot better than uh, Ketting did. But, you know, if if they want to punt the ball and we want to score every single touchdown um, by running it back, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I, I'm going to assume it's going to take Luther doing that about Ooh. once more for teams to not kick in the ball. Yeah, you're probably right. I've got a question before we get into predictions. I just thought about this when you, when you brought up the punting, Maggie. Am I – do I – am I false remembering this, but did – at one point, did Eli say he was going to be aggressive, like to like way too aggressive for us to like recognize or something like that? His quote was like uh, so aggressive that I can't remember what it was. It was like early in the season. He said he was going to be aggressive, and then you see him punt at midfield uh, against an FCS that, team. That was the scariest play of the game to me. Fourth yeah. and one, and you don't trust your line to get three feet against Abilene Christian. Yeah, that's um, a problem. And I understand why he didn't trust it, but. That's a problem because we were talking about before that play. Just go for it. If you give them the ball at midfield, so what? They're not going to score. I mean, they might get three out of it. But. Yeah, um, that was one of the things I was like, wait, I thought he was going to be incredibly aggressive this season, but then he's going to he's now punting at fourth and one at midfield against an FCS team um, that I don't love. Um, so we'll see if Eli gets that that aggressive, that dog back in him. Uh, the Willie Fritz dog. Uh, shout out Willie Fritz, former coach of uh, UCF. Willie Fritz needed yeah. a wheelbarrow to get back to the Manhattan yeah. airport, man. Fourth and one at your own 29. Holy crap. Their quarterback's a dog, too. I can't think of his name right now. That dude's a dog. Um, team full of dogs. <laughs> I mean, that that Tulane team might be pretty salty this year. Last time they started 3-0, and I believe, was the 98 team that went undefeated. Um, John King. Yeah, weird facts that I know about Tulane. How about that? Um, all right, let's get into predictions. Uh, as we said, Ms. Auburn, six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. What do we think? Maggie, what do you got? I'm going to go I'm gonna go Auburn 24, Missouri 17. Okay. I think it'll be decently low scoring, but I think – they're going to get through. There's going to probably be big plays on both sides, and those are going to be the scores. And it's not going to be, you know, five plays or five yards at a time. I think it'll be uh, more big plays. I've got uh, Missouri to cover, Auburn to win 8 6. Both teams make two field goals. Auburn's safety is the difference in the game. <laughs> I, I don't really believe that, but that's going to be. <laughs> Here we go. Imagine if you call that right, though. Exactly. I'll clip it. Um, <laughs> I've got the final score being 16 to 10. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I've got Mizzou pulling it out. Uh, 16 to 10. couple field goals there. This is a difference. I like the the thicker kicker difference uh, on this, this Saturday. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the good vibes. We need good vibes only here this week uh, going into this. You're only as good as your as your next game. Uh, you're only as good as your next bet. You're only as good as your next game. That's the mindset that I'm taking it into. So 
big big kickoff, big start to the SEC schedule. Um, hopefully that I'm right, and it's a 16 to 10 victory for the Missouri Tigers. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Zero. Good. Yeah, just what we say: just be better. Just be better. <laughs> just go out there and be better. Score every time we touch the ball. We'll all be really happy if they do that. Drinks are just listen to us. Uh, yeah. Play this podcast for the team. Just be better. Um, call call the touchdown play. Call <laughs> the touchdown play. Just be better. Uh, perfect. So, all right. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Missouri. That's who make sure to like subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave a five-star rating interview. Tell us how much you uh, like us or hate us in the description or the comment section. Uh, so appreciate you guys listening. We will talk to you guys next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.